Will you pray with me? God, pour out your spirit on us. Open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, that it would grow us, transform us, that we might bear fruit for you and for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from uh, Psalm 34, verses 1 through 10. I invite you to listen for God's word. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be in my mouth. I praise the Lord. Let the suffering listen and rejoice. Magnify the Lord with me. Together let us lift his name high. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to God will shine. Their faces are never ashamed. This suffering person cried out. The Lord listened and saved him from every trouble. On every side, the Lord's messenger protects those who honor God, and he delivers them. Taste and see how good the Lord is. The one who takes refuge in him is truly happy. You who are the Lord's holy ones, honor him, because those who honor him don't lack a thing. Even strong young lions go without and get hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, today is All Saints Sunday in the life of the church. Um, It's always the first Sunday of November. It's the Sunday where we remember and give thanks for the lives of those who have gone before us uh, in the faith and the relationship that we share with them and uh, with one another as people in the church, as people of faith. What is a saint anyway? Is it someone just a little bit holier than the rest of us? Um, Is it someone with a a few more religious merit badges? How do you become a saint? Is it a process? Uh, Do you have to open up um, an orphanage in several countries? Do you do do a bunch of, of good things and then the angels take a vote? Or is it more accidental, more unexpected, more... Ordinary, more about God's ability to do beautiful things through flawed but faithful human beings. At first glance, our scripture passage from Psalm 34 might seem to be a strange choice for All Saints Sunday. It's one of the scriptures assigned to All Saints Sunday by the lectionary in the Christian calendar. And it's like someone had a good sense of humor. Because this psalm was written by David, and in most Bibles, and I didn't, I didn't read this because it's not a part of the Scripture lesson itself, but in most Bibles, there's a little superscript above this psalm that was put in there by some ancient Jewish editor, and it says, Of David, when he pretended to be crazy before Abimelech, who banished him so that he left. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound very saintly to me. This sounds like the kind of season in someone's life that they would probably not put on Facebook or Instagram. What is this referencing? Well, it's complicated. There is a rather strange story in 1 Samuel about David before David's glorious days as king of Israel. He's killed Goliath, and the king of Israel, Saul, has become extremely jealous. Jealous to the point of being enraged, wanting to kill David. So David is on the run, 
And in this strange story, he goes to King Achish, and he's called Achish in 1 Samuel, not Abimelech. He goes to King Achish, and some of King Achish's servants apparently recognize him. And they say, hey, isn't that King David of Israel? Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, 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 he's the one that people sing that song about. You know, Saul has killed his thousands, and David is tens of thousands, la, la, la. And David gets freaked out. Maybe this isn't such a good place to hide after all. And so he pretends to go insane. He scratches marks on the door and lets spit run down his beard to disguise his true identity. You know, real saintly stuff. Whether this is exactly the reference the editor of Psalm 34 had in mind or not, the setting links to the theme of Psalm 34. Because in this psalm, David is praising God for deliverance and not highlighting his own moral character. He's recalling a time in desperate need when he turned to God, when he cried out to God for help, trusting in God's faithful love. And then he invites others to orient their lives to God too. Maybe, maybe it's more saintly than we think. Because what if the the saintliness that we celebrate this day is not something defined by or attained by exemplary personal achievement or perfect moral purity, but those who exhibit day in and day out deep faith and dependence upon God? It's clear in this psalm here that, that David has escaped only by the help and power of God and not his own efforts. What if saints are those who, in the words of the psalm, bless, seek, and taste and see? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be in my mouth. Those are the the opening words of this psalm. And in the Hebrew, the word bless comes from the same root as the Hebrew word for knee. So, To bless is literally to bend the knee, to kneel like before a king. David knew how to kneel before God. David has a posture of praise and honor before God, praising God with his lips, but also not forgetting to to kneel in, in awe and wonder and worship. I used to make holes in my pants all the time in early elementary school. Um, I'm not sure if it was because of all the soccer we played on the playground or like the time spent at home crawling on my knees with like playing with Legos and action figures. But whatever the reason, I apparently spent a lot of time on my knees. Maybe that's part of the posture of a saint. Maybe they go to their knees, both literal and metaphorical knees, all the time because of God's amazing power and love and mercy, and faithfulness, constantly in awe of what God is up to. Big things, small things, it doesn't matter. They give God thanks and praise, not doing things to receive praise and homage, but seeing what God is doing and giving God praise, kneeling and blessing, not taking things for granted, but blessing God, and in so doing, inviting others in to praise and bless God too. Magnify the Lord with me, David says. Get on your knees with me. You know a saint like that? 
saints are also seekers. David writes in verse 4, I sought the Lord and He answered me. Those who look to God will shine. Their faces are never ashamed. In verse 6, this suffering person cried out. The Lord listened and saved him. In verse 10, even strong young lions go without, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. David is talking about the practice of turning to God, reaching out to God, crying out to God in faith in times of need, in times of of trouble, in times when we need wisdom and guidance and strength, looking to God for every need, seeking after God's saving help and love, crying out in dependence upon God's wisdom and guidance and mercy and presence, reaching, reaching out that hand in faith, trusting that God will grab it and, and hold on and pull you up. Seeking God's help in that way reminds me of, of those uh, survival shows where, where an expert takes a novice out on a survival a- adventure uh, all in front of the cameras, like running wild with Bear Grylls is a, is a personal favorite. And there seems to be the same moment in almost every show where the singer or the movie star or the comedian um, is climbing up a rope uh, up, up the side of, of a cliff and Bear Grylls would be standing at the top and, and would extend a hand. And the person climbing the rope would hesitate because... Grabbing Bear's hand would mean not two hands on the rope, only one hand on the rope for a second. But they would have to reach out in order for Bear to grab their hand and pull them up to get over the ledge. Maybe that's what saints do. They've grown accustomed to to taking one hand off the rope and trustingly reaching out to God. They know that help, rescue, redemption, Deliverance is is not going to happen through their own strength and efforts alone, but through God's mighty hand. They look to God for value and worth instead of people or possessions. They they seek out God's wisdom when faced with a harsh decision. They aren't afraid to they aren't afraid to pray. Hey God, it's it's me again. I I don't know what to do. I need your wisdom. They they seek out. God's forgiveness when they've made a mistake. They're quick to, quick to pray, God, have, have mercy on me. I, I was wrong. I need your grace. They, they seek out God's justice when faced with all the wrongs around them. They find the courage to pray for, for things that need to change and then seek to enact that change. They seek out God's, God's deliverance when facing trouble. They aren't hesitant to cry out for help. They, they, they reach out and seek God's presence when they need comfort or reassurance. They don't just hunker down and and attempt to bear it all alone. Saints reach out in faith to a God who is not far away and who reaches back to deliver, to comfort, to guide, to to be present with and for. Do you know a saint like that? Finally, saints taste and see. That's probably the most familiar line from this psalm. David writes, taste and see how good the Lord is. David is talking about being open, wide open and alert to experiencing God's goodness firsthand, up close. It's hard to taste, see something 
when you're far away from it, right? Tasting and seeing is an experiential way of knowing. When you taste something, you interact with it a little bit. You savor it to see if, if you like it and you want more of it. Try it. You'll like it, right? That's the food refrain every parent says to, to their kids. I can tell my kids all about an avocado. It is green. It has a large seed in the middle. You have to cut it in half carefully and scoop out the fruit. It's really creamy. It's really yummy. That doesn't really mean that they know what avocados are until they taste and see, until they pick up a piece, put it in their mouths, chew it, swallow it. Oh, this is good. I'm enjoying this. This is an avocado. Taste and see. Maybe that's what saints do. They live with with all senses wide open to God's goodness all around them. They, They see every life experience as an experience, as a chance to experience God's goodness and grace, to know God and to love God more and more. They don't just know about God. They've experienced God's grace personally in their lives. And and so they know God. They've tasted and seen, right? They've been thirsty for purpose and found God to satisfy. They've needed a shelter, a refuge from the chaos of life, and God was there. They've experienced shame and and disappointment, and God's grace met them. They've tasted and seen. They've, They've been at the end of their ropes, and God's hope has given them strength. They've tasted and they've seen. And so they relate to God like a guest at the table of a gracious host providing everything. And they savor everything, knowing all that they need will be provided. And then wanting others to be able to to experience feasting on God's goodness too, to experience God for themselves. Do you know a saint like that? One day, several weeks ago, I'd gotten home from from work, and one of my boys was, was ready for me at the door, and he greeted me, uh, glowing and excited. His face was beaming. He, he took me by the hand and began to lead me upstairs as he said, Daddy, I've got to show you something. I have to show you something amazing. We arrived in his room, and he dropped my hand so that he could pick up this Lego creation that he had been working on and, and had now finished, and he held it up with great joy and pride. It is amazing. I said, thank you for showing me. I want you to think for a minute about your life story, your story of faith, your journey. I want you to think about a a pivotal, transformational, important moment or season in your journey. I, I wonder for how many of you that moment or season happened because of a sermon that you heard and you still remember it to this day? Maybe. I wonder for how many of you that that moment or that season happened as a result of something profound that you read. Perhaps. I wonder for how many of you that moment happened because of an experience you had doing something, engaged in some kind of work or opportunity to serve, maybe a mission trip or a volunteer opportunity. Maybe. I wonder for how many of you that moment, that season of encounter with God, that transformation happened because of or through another human being, a saint, 
person. Not a perfect person, but a person who knew how to kneel before God, who trusted in God as best they could when life was hard, who tried out God's goodness all the time, who reflected something of God's light, a person who took you by the hand and led you just a little bit closer to the life that is truly life, who led you a little bit closer to God, who said with their life, I have something amazing to show you. So you could say, wow, that is amazing. Thank you. You were just who I needed in this moment, an unexpected saint. Friends, we're, we're surrounded by saints. I'm surrounded by saints in this place, in this church. Saints have gone before us in the faith. And what if you are called to be that person also? What if we are called to be that person also? An unexpected saint. Someone who kneels, someone who seeks, someone who tastes and sees, somebody imperfect, flawed but faithful, seeking to be faithful, someone in whom God has the ability to do beautiful things. Someone who takes another by the hand and helps to lead them into a deeper life. Into life with God. Saints aren't the ones who can say, look how good I've been. But those who can say, I've tasted and seen that God is good. Saints aren't the ones morally clean and and perfect, but the ones whose knees are a little worn from kneeling in praise and worship. Saints aren't the ones celebrating their independent triumphs, but the ones who have reached out to God in faith and dependence and have experienced profound mercy and help. Saints. May we be one of them. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.